get ready to listen. Okay, next question. Hold on, hold on. Before we begin, I would like to say something. <clears throat> this episode of Block by Block is a live podcast event that took place on August 1st at the Museum of Contemporary Art. It happened this past summer as part of the Walk in Our Shoes gathering developed by Territory. Territory is young people building voice, vision, and agency through the practice of design in our communities. This episode serves as a preface of our upcoming season, reporting from different Chicago Park districts, the Justice Hotel, the Clubhouse, and more youth spaces from Chicago. Okay, I'm done. Are you ready to listen? Get ready to listen. Okay, next question. Get ready to listen. Block by block Chicago. Block by block Chicago. Block by block Chicago. Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody. So right now we're starting the Block by Block live podcast. My name is Allison. Hey, y'all. I'm Amber. So this summer I was working with an organization called 6018 North, and it was an architecture project we were working on called the Justice Hotel. The Justice Hotel is basically exactly what it is. It's a hotel trying to promote justice in the different communities. So we were working on that all summer. And one thing I learned from it is justice can mean so many different things to so many different people. It just doesn't have to be one specific thing or to to solve one issue. It could just literally mean anything to anyone. So, yeah. So this summer I worked with the Howard Area Community Center um, through an internship through After School Matters. And through this internship, I learned how to um, podcast, of course, but also learn how to manage social media accounts for, uh, I guess, an organization, as well as helping other kids train in esports and learn more about um, visual arts and, I guess, producing their own work. And now we're going to have a brief recording from the Pushcart Derby event at Humble Park. I noticed that at the Push Card Derby, people from all around Chicago were there all at once. I even saw a couple people that I knew. All of the push cards had something to do with social justice, whether it be the Freedom Riders or LGBTQ rights. The first group of people that we interviewed were a group of boys from Ellis Park on the city's south side. They told me, Jai and Jasmine, that after they had lost the race, they didn't feel sad because they had won last year anyway. What they said reminded me that this citywide event gives people, especially kids, something to look forward to in the summertime. In general, the whole experience of interviewing and, bod- and podcasting was very cool. The best thing for me personally was the sensitive microphones. My favorite part of the whole entire derby was seeing people fall, even though they weren't hurt. After the people would fall off their derby cart, they seemed genuinely upset that they had lost the derby because it seemed like they had put forth a lot of effort into their push cards. Another thing I learned was that the push cart derby is is not a, is that not everything is about winning or coming out on top. I saw many people who didn't win who were still in good spirits afterwards. Oh.
Okay, so um, I have a question for you, Allison. What was one thing you took away from your program, Clubhouse? What was like the biggest takeaway? Um, my biggest takeaway from the, that program was, um, I guess, learning that um, you can take any passion you have and turn it into a career or a business even. Because the main goal of the Howard Area Community Center Clubhouse was to turn your passions in the arts, um, especially in the tech arts field of video game design, graphic design, as well as um, making your own documentaries even. And so um, our mentors at the clubhouse gave us an idea about how we can turn our passions into our careers. And um, do you think you would make a business out of something that you love in the future? Definitely. And the resources over there, especially with the equipment that they give us, like cameras and um, podcasting equipment, I think that it's a great starting point. That's great to hear. So one of the big projects that I did at the Community Center Clubhouse that I interned at this summer was what you just heard, which was the Pushcart Derby affiliated with the Chicago Park District camps. And so this derby was basically um, a summer celebration of what the campers at the Chicago Park Districts have been doing. And so every Chicago Park District has a camp run through it and every camp built a car out of recycled materials. And that car was s focused around a social justice theme, whether it be LGBTQ rights, or more specifically, the Freedom Riders. Um, I saw a lot of that going on. And so every camp took their cart and raced it at the Derby that day. And so I got to interview them about what it felt like to win or to lose. Um, and how they saw their learning experiences and just the process of what they did to build their cars. That's so great to hear because I feel like more young kids need to be exposed to stuff like that. And from your experience doing that, do you feel like, did you see a difference when you were working with the kids, like emotionally or physically? Did you see a difference? Definitely. Um, the most impactful memory I have from the Pushcart Derby would be interviewing the second place team. And overall, they just gave really, really positive responses. And I love to see their camp counselor being so encouraging to them. And they were um, emphasizing that they would be back next year to grab the title. Yeah. All right. So next up, we're going to talk about Amber's summer experience. And so we're going to introduce an interview made by Ari, one of our podcast club members. Okay, um, hello, I'm Ari Antos, and I am here with Faith, Right. is an ethicist. Right, yeah. right. And we're at 6018 North Kenmore uh, at the Justice Hotel, and we're doing a podcast on social justice. Woohoo! Okay, um, so, uh, hmm. We are in the <laughs> middle of uh, what we call a long table, which we've had annually for many years now, which uh, everyone on the block comes out and we line up all our tables, I guess 12 or so tables, and people from 
different houses, apartments, and condos come out and bring some food to share. And it happens every year, and it's growing, and it's just wonderful. A lot of people bring food that uh, is from the cuisine that they were raised on, and uh, it's, it's, it's a delightful thing. We look forward to it every year. Um, dang. So you live in this neighborhood? Yes, I do. Right. How long have you lived there? I've lived in this neighborhood now uh, since 2005, so that's 14 years. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Um, okay, so you're an ethicist, and how did you, like, get into that, I guess? <laughs> how did I get into ethics? I was in medicine. Mm-hmm. I was uh, working with doctors, and I was in medicine, and I was got very interested in the idea of ethics, uh, which is how, basically, it's just how people behave. It's sort of similar to morality, only mm-hmm. ethics attempts to be sort of not related to any kind of faith tradition or divine uh, scripture or anything. Mm-hmm. Ethics, ethics attempts to say that people can devise plans to live by by themselves without without a, uh, any scripture or anything. And of course that's very important in medicine and now I teach ethics out at UIC to, in the School of Social Work. So ethics is important in social work also. Mm-hmm. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Uh, hmm, hmm. Question. Uh, I don't know. Did you have anyone that you like idolized when you were younger and do you think that affected you like and how you are now? Oh, uh, well, this is going to be sort of academic <laughs> because I studied classics and so I idolized Aristotle. <laughs> I think Aristotle is a very good starting point mm-hmm. for anyone's investigation into ethics. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> But I also have someone I idolize in the area of justice. And so this is a little bit academic, but there's an American philosopher in the 20th century. He actually died late in the 20th century. And his name is John Rawls. And he's very important in uh, justice because he wrote a volume called The Theory of Justice. And John Rawls's idea is very simple, can be stated in one sentence, justice is fairness. Justice is fairness. And so when people are trying to make laws or even a constitution or something, some people think that the best thing to do is what's going to be uh, the most good for the most people. But uh, Rawls says that's not very good justice at all because it may be very bad for some people and unless justice helps everybody and not just the most people that's not a very good theory so if you start with justice is fairness and it has to be fair for everyone not just the most people uh, it's very difficult and uh, there's one more thing I'd like to say about John Rawls, since he's my, my theory, my justice hero, is the test for whether your constitution or your lawmaking, the test for whether it is really fair is you have to pretend that you are making this constitution or this law 
from what he calls behind the veil of ignorance, which means that you make this law not knowing what you're going to be, whether you're going to be a man, a woman, or a gender-neutral person. You don't know whether what class you're going to be in, whether you're going to be rich or less rich. Uh, you don't know whether you're going to be born able, full-abled, or just have some impairment to your abilities. And if you assume that you know nothing about who you're going to be and what your talents and abilities and desires for your life are going to be, um, that's the position, this veil of ignorance, that's the position from which you design your constitution or law. And I just love to think about that <laughs> when you think about any laws or uh, countries that are trying to make a constitution. If people can possibly assume that veil of ignorance when they make their decisions, that's a mighty good test for whether what they're coming up with is fair. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. So I think that's probably enough to think about <laughs> for a while. Awesome. Well, great interview by Ari. Thank you. Um, I loved hearing the perspective of a person in the field of justice, I guess, um, an ethics professor at UIC. It was really great hearing that perspective. So um, I just wanted to know a little bit more about what your individual I guess, definitions of justice is and what it means to you, if you're comfortable with sharing. Okay, I guess I'll start. Justice to me is equality with every race, gender, sexuality, religion, basically anybody because, I mean, I know that's kind of like the typical answer, but that's how I feel, you know, like everybody should be equal no matter who you are and like it's still sad that in 2019 people are still judging people because they want to look a certain way or they want to act a certain way because it's not the typical way of acting like your gender or whatever it's just so sad that like that's still going on so for me justice is equality boom second that <laughs> second that um, yeah whatever you want to share yeah, um, I'm gonna have to agree with um, Amber, uh, but a lot of like, as far as justice, I feel like this world doesn't have it at all. So, you know, I don't really think of the definition just because, you know, Chicago doesn't have any type of justice with the things that are going on as far as like um, black on black crime or police brutality, anything going on, like it just, justice is not in here, like it's not in this world, so. Yeah. Wow, okay. That was a lot to think about. Um, like um, the ethics professor said in the podcast, she just, I guess, gave us a lot to think about, about justice. Justice is, a very, justice is a very complicated topic for a lot of people. It can definitely mean a lot of things. Um, you can believe that there is justice or there isn't in, your, in different cases. And especially in Chicago, there's a big, um, I guess, conversation or in the United States, there's a big conversation of justice happening now, especially with um, the new administration and um, the changing of certain laws. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and justice is like a simple word, but it's such a complex idea. I feel like we were talking about that a lot this summer, so that's just something to think about. Mm. So you mentioned uh, learning about justice over the summer. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what your project was or what you worked with, who you worked with, where? Um, we worked with several different artists or Curator. yeah, curators. Um, and we basically were just trying to figure out like what justice meant to us and why we're doing this project because we're, ma we're making a justice hotel and we were making a podcast based around that. So the teens, we were just trying to figure out like what does justice even mean to us and so why are we doing this project? Why is it important for other people to hear about this? So. That's basically yeah. what we're, yeah. Or even like how we're gonna like display justice for the hotel. Like there's no way to like display it through a hotel. So you're just trying to like figure that all out. Yeah. I'm not super familiar with the Justice Hotel that you guys worked with. Could you explain a little bit more about what the Justice Hotel is? I think Amber can do that better. <laughs> okay, the Justice Hotel is a hotel promoting justice, kind of like the name, and it will be a five, it, this is an actual hotel, like it'll be five rooms and people will be able to stay in it, and it'll be on the Edgewater side of Chicago, but hopefully we can expand to other different communities because it's always good to bring it out in different communities, not just have it in one, so um, I think it's gonna be up around September or something like around there, so check it out. Justice Hotel, awesome, yeah, great name. All right, so let's extend this discussion about justice and I guess Chicago Park District activities um, with a, I guess a broader discussion of public spaces in Chicago because um, Chicago Park Districts is definitely a big part of every Chicago kid's childhood like going to the camps and um, mine. What? Ooh, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but when I was a kid, that's literally all the the only option going to a park district camp. And I used to hate them because I used to want to stay at home, but my mom wouldn't let me because I was like eight. I was like, I just want to watch TV and eat. Come on, like. So yeah, I like that was just such a part of my childhood. And when I passed like the park districts I went to, I'm like, I remember when I went to that camp, and that was the worst camp of my life like I wanted to stay at home so bad um I mean it was like different for me I never did a park district I don't think um I did a lot of after school matters or um what is it I we just heard about Marwins I wish I learned about that beforehand that they had a lot of opportunities a lot of classes but yeah I never did a park district so I don't know how that feels um, definitely, I, I, I grew up with the park districts. Um, I did like different, like I, I guess activities or classes there, like crafting classes and like a gymnastics class. So yeah, I think the park districts are a very valuable, I guess, space for, I guess, young children to go and, uh, yeah. You mentioned like public spaces and um, I guess more opportunities for young teens around Chicago and you mentioned After School Matters. Uh, maybe we can discuss a little bit more about After School Matters and the importance that it has on like Chicago teens. All right, so. For me, after school matters is like something you know you can do where you're not in the house. 
You have something when you're not in the yeah. house, and <laughs> it's fun, and you get a little, you know what I'm saying? You get so, for, yeah, you get some money. Just a so. little bit, you know, for like, you know, 15, you when you're 15, and you got, want a little coin, you know what I'm saying? Like, And it's like something that you like to do. So like, I did creative writing for a while, and I got paid to creatively write, like, and that's something I like to do. So it's just programs that kids like to do. They have dance. They have a whole bunch of programs. And they have like yeah. culinary, mm-hmm. um, singing, dancing, and then they offer art. free food. Yeah, like that was the best part. I, like no, I'm not just playing, <laughs> but yeah, free food is always good. You know. So. so yeah, I've been doing after school matters every year that I could. I guess I think this is my second to last year. I think I can still do it next year. Mm-hmm. But um, After School Matters opened me up to Block by Block and their podcasting club because um, how I initially got in contact or involved with Block by Block was through After School Matters. Mm-hmm. And so they came to my, I guess, internship that I mentioned earlier in the podcast. Um, they came to my internship and did some podcasting workshops. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I got um, comfortable using a microphone, describing my surroundings, using a headset. Um, and so through that opportunity, um, I got to do the derby cart interview and, um, it was nice being able to also not only do the podcast itself, but to also reflect on what we podcasted about. Um, and block by block helped us with that writing process and just debrief and, um, hopefully I can learn a little bit more about the sound editing that goes behind podcasting itself like putting out a full podcast so our next topic is how to gain new spaces or new public spaces around Chicago personally I think it's through word of mouth or people you know because um, I've been through so many like new spaces like I was in a poetry club for like two years and then I was like in a um, sisterhood program for two for like three years and I was in a choir for seven years so it's like it's all of word of mouth and like how you gain new spaces. I feel like that's important because from new people because you can see what new spaces they've been and then you can tell them about something. So it's kind of like something, you get something and then you know you get something back. It's also like about reaching for opportunities. Like Amber is saying, based off her experience, she reached out for those opportunities. If you don't reach out, there's no way you're going to find new like spaces. Definitely, definitely. Um, my school recently just got a new public space built. Um, I go to Whitney Young, and so um, we've been working on getting a football field for, I guess, maybe seven years now. So it's it's been a really long process, yeah. Um, and so how that project came about or that public space came about was through, I guess, action and communication through the alderman, which was a very key player into getting this field, especially the funding for it. And the idea was actually thought up by students. So students from a long, long time ago pressed on this idea to the, to the school staff, and then the staff went to go and get the funding from the city of Chicago. So I guess if you have an idea for a new space, don't be afraid to contact people that have the resources to offer you that space. Higher power people, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for listening. Did you like what you hear? 
Join us along the Territory Urban Design Team for a youth-led walking tour in Washington Park as part of Night Out in the Parks in Chicago. This open to the public and free event will take place this Saturday, September 28th from 1 to 3 p.m. at Washington Park. This episode includes audio clips from the summer podcast workshops completed at the Howard Area Clubhouse in Rogers Park and 6018 North in Edgewater, both Chicago neighborhoods. Recorded and produced live at the MCA by Allison, Amber, Ari, and Kieran. Music and beats by the auto-editing workshop at the Howard Area Clubhouse.